What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. HOOPHEADS Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the 305 Culture with J.J. Rivera. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the HOOPHEADS Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and our other team-focused NBA pods, hashtag Lakers, Grizz and Grind, Knuck If You Buck, Cavalier Central, and Blazing the Path. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, J.J. Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Well, today I brought you all a guest, Devin Sanskus. I hope Hoopheads fans know who he is. He's the host of the Knock If You Bought podcast. And today we'll cover a certain report that I think, well, maybe Devin won't. He's got some thoughts on it, I'm just going to say. Well, without further ado, let's welcome Devin Sanskus. Devin, how have you been doing, buddy? JJ, thanks so much for having me on. I'm I'm thrilled to uh, be a guest for the first time on a podcast, and especially um, it, it feels good finally uh, paying you back after having you twice on Nuck If You Buck. Oh, please. Um, yeah, um, things are going well for me. Um, somewhat included in the Ash... Ashley Nicole Moss report that you alluded to. Um, I'd I'd say I'm I'm feeling a mixed bag a bit, particularly um, where I'm at in Wisconsin and Milwaukee with um, COVID cases somehow rising. Obviously, oh, that's a yeah. that's a big bummer, and have a little bit of anxiety around these reports that we've mentioned and and uh, kind of these key NBA dates coming up with the draft and free agency, but mixed bag because I really can't complain about much else. My day job's going fine. Thankfully, no one, um, none of my families or families, none of my uh, family or friends are directly affected by COVID right now or have contracted it. So I'm thankful for that. And for now, we still have Giannis. So, well, yeah. For now. For now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're doing well. And anyway, same here. My family and friends, I haven't heard of anyone who's 
contracted COVID yet. I hope it stays that way. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I'm really happy. I managed, to, I managed to get a PS5. I managed to pre-order one way back when. But yeah, yeah. it's still on the way, which is a bummer. Uh, let's talk some heat ball. <laughs> we might have gone sideways already. Let's start with the Ashley Nicole Nicole Moss report, which I'm sure Devin has some really, really cool thoughts on. Let me read the tweet first. I'll read the first tweet, which was the the Warriors report and then the Heat report. Per sources, the Warriors have prepared a very intriguing package for the Bucks in their own pursuit of Giannis. The package includes small forward Andrew Wiggins. However, Giannis is not prepared to sign a long deal with the team. Later, she added, Giannis splits his offseason between Greece and Miami. is prepared to sign a long-term deal in Miami. The Bucks are not willing to end up with nothing by letting him hit free agency in 2021. A deal is expected before then. Instant reaction, Devin. So my initial thoughts. Um, I'm gonna try to try to pick my words carefully here because I, but I because I don't mean any disrespect to Ashley Nicole Moss. Um, I wasn't. I'm not personally familiar with her besides this report. Um, however, I can say in confidence that her credentials and experience are probably a lot more impressive than mine. Um, that being said, I took it with a grain of salt, and um, mainly because I think if it were something to um, be alarmed about for myself and to uh, send out the bat signals uh, throughout Milwaukee to all my Milwaukee Bucks fans, I feel like uh, there there'd be more reporters reporting on this if there was kind of more substance to it. Um, that being said, um, in to uh, Ashley Nicole Moss's credit, I th- I believe you had mentioned to me that she correctly predicted um, the was it the Kevin Durant move? No, or I LeBron, or I who was not, it? I don't. I didn't. I did not tell you. But oh, okay. If she <laughs> My did, bad. maybe it was she, someone else. Then if she did, then props to her. Well, I'm listen. We're not gonna. We're not trying to take anything away from her. No, I'm just really skeptical about it. Maybe she's right. I hope she's right. But, she could be right. But I don't think she's th- right. She could be right. <laughs> Maybe our friend Devin here is in denial. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> but I will say that I think it's highly unlikely that the Bucks end up trading Giannis unless the situation gets really ugly. Mm-hmm. A la Paul George type. But I don't think that will happen. Giannis doesn't seem to be that type of guy. He seems committed to winning a championship, at least this season with the Bucks. That's his ultimate goal. I think that should be his goal. And I view personally, as a fan of the league in general, of the game, I think he should at least write it out this year and see what they can what they can do this year and try to avoid another uh, third straight deflating postseason defeat because then things will get interesting. What do you have to say to that? Yeah, um, so I kind of missed a big part there in the in the reporting, and so to me, I've already kind of left like let it completely leave my head the possibility of us of us trading Giannis simply because um, 
for me, it would be worth um, any amount of risk, as great as it would be of him walking for walking for nothing, just because. I mean the the kind of the the kind of talent that he brings a franchise very rarely gets that at all in their history. We haven't had had a player like this since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So even if he were to leave for nothing, and and if our team were to make less sense, and we'd be more of a middle roster at that point in the Eastern Conference, um, we we wouldn't be interesting interested in trading unless Giannis were to demand a trade. And now. Um, and he did already come out and say that he wouldn't demand a trade. Doesn't seem to align with his character. Although I know uh, people do change, and particularly in the NBA, things change. But um, yeah, I I guess I can't say it's a non-zero, but it's a very uh, tiny percent chance in my mind that the Bucks trade Giannis. Um, but I also found it funny because I think on this same day there was a report, a report, I don't believe this is from Ashley Nicole Moss, but it was, um, it was, it was saying that, that the Miami Heat would be willing to include Tyler Harrow in a, in oh, a trade for Giannis yeah. Antetokounmpo. And just I like sur- the, the way it was written out there, I was kind of just, I would certainly hope so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, even a, even like a, a Bam a Bam at a bio, or I mean, oh, you know, like no. pretty oh. much any anyone in the league would 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 throw in the farm for Giannis. And I, even well, though I'm biased, I don't think that's a hot take. Well, I will say you mentioned Bam. I think the Heat's thinking should be anybody but Jimmy and Bam is available to you. So yeah, yeah I, I don't think Bam, Bam's a franchise cornerstone, and the idea to bring in Giannis is to team him up with Bam and Jimmy. As Jimmy starts to fade away, Bam and Giannis take the reins. If we're talking a hypothetical scenario here that Giannis joins the Heat, I would much prefer to acquire him in, in free agency because a it costs us only well money. Yeah, it costs money, but it doesn't cost us assets. We don't have to give up Tyler Hero. Or Duncan Robinson or Kendrick Nunn, which, by the way, I think we would probably lose Duncan Robinson because the the salary on that team would be astronomical, and Duncan Robinson would probably command a huge contract when he when he becomes a free agent next summer. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think if there were to be there were to be a trade, you will have to throw in Kendrick, Duncan, Tyler Hero. Andre Godala, Kelly Olynyk, if he opts in into his into his play into his contract, which I think he will, mm-hmm. maybe that maybe they'll make the salaries, and well, the the Bucks would see that as a nice trade. Unless, but listen, people talk about the Warriors. The Warriors don't have anything to offer unless you throw in Clay, which they won't because Clay is one of the is one of the two Splash Brothers and. Warriors fans would riot if they ever traded Clay. So, people in national media that talk about, hey, Giannis might go to the Warriors, I think of all the teams that he could go to, I think that would be the least like the least likely outcome because he, first of all, they don't have the cap space. They would have to offer a trade to the for, to the Bucks, and what they could offer, let's say they are willing to part with Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond. If I were the Bucks, I I wouldn't accept that, don't you think? Those are two aging players 
one, albeit two good players, but they're aging. And a player who's, if you had told me in 2014 that he would have negative trade <laughs> trade value, I would I would be baffled. But here we are with Andrew Wiggins. He's, his career is, I think his career has it's in it's has spiraled out of control a bit. Would you would you say? Yeah, exactly, and and particularly regarding that Warriors uh, trade, I I think. I guess, yeah, again, I'm just kind of echoing your sentiment there that that getting Wiggins or Draymond Green back in a trade for, for Giannis, um, I, I think I think the, the consensus around the league is that Wiggins and Draymond are kind of at uh, negative value contracts right now. Um, not to say that, that they're bad players. Um, clearly, Wiggins has disappointed and Draymond's best days seem to be behind him but Wiggins is making over 30 million or right around it if memory serves me right Draymond Green Green is making around what Giannis is right now in the high 20s I believe and and yeah that around the league they're they're just simply not really worth that to other teams so that kind of a trade package doesn't makes absolutely zero sense to me around Giannis I think I think the Bucks would at least want a Clay Thompson, but like you said, the Warriors probably value him more than just about anybody else. Um, Other than but, Steph, you know, obviously. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's just uh, yeah, but also yeah, I, it's tough for me to see a Warriors trade happening. Um, but but then again, it's kind of. Uh, Hard, hard to analyze, and I and I know I come from a biased uh, perspective because um, I I know I know that these trades wouldn't happen unless Giannis were to demand a trade, and and uh, once a player does demand a trade, of course his his trade, um, pardon me, his trade value does diminish uh, quite substantially. So I think that really supports your earlier claim about, about the Heat not throwing in Bam at a bio, and I think that makes sense because you guys clearly have a war chest of assets that the Bucks would be interested compared to many other teams around the league. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on from hypothetical scenarios. Well, <laughs> let's move on to another hypothetical scenario. What moves would you like the Bucks to make during the offseason? Later I'll talk about what Heat moves I would like to see. Absolutely. Um, so the Bucks are pretty limited in what they can do. Uh, I guess I can start with some in-house moves. Uh, definitely bringing back, well, besides Giannis signing the Supermax or any contract for that matter. Um, priority number one is that I'd say um, priority number two would be... Um, Bringing back Wesley Matthews, he only has a 2.692 player option at the moment, and he would be, my opinion, he'd be silly to to accept that. I sure hope he does. Um, but then from there, let's say, I'm looking at spot track right now, and if we were to guarantee Ursan Ilyasova, which which is is likely if we want to get more involved with trades, which is kind of actually more so of where I, I would like us to go. I would like for the Bucks to make a bigger splash to entice Giannis to stay. 
if he doesn't commit earlier. But sticking to more realistic options first, um, bringing back West is our priority. As it stands right now and with the salary cap and luxury tax threshold staying the same, the Bucks are only uh, about $2 million away from the luxury tax. And then uh, they're not far away from the apron either, which uh, means if they use certain exceptions such as the uh, biannual exception, non-taxpayer mid-level exception, uh, receive a player in a sign-in trade... Um, yeah, those, those three scenarios would uh, hard cap them at the apron, meaning that they can't exceed it for any reason whatsoever. Um, so, let's see. Considering that and being so close to the seller cap threshold is already at $132 million, the bucks are at $130 million. Um, that means they're really then only like eight or nine million away from that uh, the uh, hypothetical apron that they would be receiving if they were to use the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. So as far as getting people outside, I guess players outside of the bucks within free agency, they're kind of limited at the taxpayer mid-level exception because that is analyzed... Um, well, depending on either taxpayer or non-taxpayer, um, it's determined based off of uh, where you're at uh, after you make the signing, if memory serves me right. So that's about $5.7 million. Say the Bucks weren't to bring in, um, you know, some playmaking guards um, that, that still... Uh, contribute on both the offensive and defensive end, like Chris Paul, Victor Oladipo, Drew Holiday, etc. That would really be my priority number 1B or 2 after getting Giannis back. Um, yeah, so outside of that, um, if we were to just use the tax pyramid level exceptions, some... Uh, you know, more, not sure, I don't want to be disrespectful towards these players, but not quite at a Drew Holiday, Victor Oladipo, Chris Paul level free agents I'm interested in would be a uh, Jordan Clarkson, Alec Burks, Bryn Forbes, kind of similar to what I've been allu- been alluding to, kind of some uh, wings who's, who have some playmaking ability because we saw kind of a, uh, a lack of playmaking and ability to players on the Bucks to get their own shot off the dribble. I think um, Alec Burks would be an excellent addition to your team. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then again, I think the bigger question there is, um, I think a Clarkson might be priced out if we're only considering the taxpayer mid-level exception. But otherwise, I think uh, Burks, or I'd say Burks is probably on the fringes there. Forbes is more likely to fall within that. And then like a Kent Bazemore or Justin Holiday are also sort of on the fringes there. I'd say Bazemore would maybe be more likely to fall within that taxpayer MLE, but yeah, there are, there are a lot of different directions the Bucks could go to kind of summarize all of that. But How much is the taxpayer MLE for you guys? It's uh, $5.7 million. Yeah, I think the Heat's MLE stands at about $9 million, if I'm not mistaken. 
last I mm-hmm. checked. And we have about 21 million, 20 something million in cap space. Last I read at the Athletic. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the non taxpayer mid level exception. Yeah. So, I don't know how we. It, I don't know how we did yeah. that considering our cap situation a couple two years ago we had a prop I think we had the highest payroll in the league and we didn't even make the playoffs. So yeah. yeah. I think that's some magic by Pat Riley and Andy Ellisberg. Good job by them. Well the heat the moves I would like to see oh I'm sorry, did you 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 finished with your moves, right? Oh yeah, I I, I think my rambling there just about covered it. Um Clearly, or maybe not so clearly, but I'll, I'll give you the floor back on your podcast here. <laughs> hey, sure, sure. Don't worry, man. <laughs> uh, I think the best move that you highlighted there would be Alec Burks. He he can score. He can play. He's a good play. He's a great. He's a good playmaker. He could come off the bench or even start some games. I think. Well, from an outsider's perspective, I think. Let's talk about not acquiring somebody and like bring shipping somebody out. See if what you can get for Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is a yeah. fine player. He's a really he's excellent on defense. But we have seen what the last two, three postseasons that he he has really struggled in the postseason. And yeah, and what he's he's been one of the reasons that the Bucks keep getting eliminated in such a disappointing fashion. So I would gauge his trade value around the league and see what you could get for him, or maybe use him. As a, use his contract to match salaries for a big trade, which the Bucks should absolutely look into, as you said, in order to entice Giannis to stay and, and send a clear message to him as to say, "Hey, we're we're committed to winning and we're willing to spend." Anyway, yeah, let's move on to some Heat moves I would like to see. First, uh, well, first of all, as I mentioned a couple episodes ago, retain Goran Dragic. He was excellent. During our playoff run, uh, been an absolute professional. I think, obviously, I wouldn't say give him what he wants. He's got a like, like a quid pro quo here. Like, give me something, I will, I'll give you something. <laughs> but if they can reach a, a consensus on a reasonable contract, I don't see why you should not bring him back. And number two, sign Serge Ibaka, please. I would love to see Serge Ibaka on this team, depending on his price tag. But I think the our non-taxpayer MLE might do the trick in order to sign him, because unless the Raptors come up with an outrageous offer, because the Raptors might be facing some very heavy losses this offseason, they might lose Fred VanVleet, they might lose Marcus Ald, and they might lose Serge Ibaka, three key players in their 2019 championship championship team. So. I think, well, in another podcast in the future, we'll discuss, like, we'll do an, uh, a season preview, and I believe the Raptors, in the Eastern Conference, I think the Raptors are one of the teams that are due to take a step back if they lose all three players, or at least lose two, at least lose one or more of those players, would you say? Yeah, and I've even, I don't know if this has been confirmed yet or not, but there, I've heard more than once now about uh, Marcus Saul already possibly uh, leaving the NBA to go play in Spain with the team where he started his career at. So yeah, that, would, that, too. that would be an enormous loss for them. Obviously, 
Serge Ibaka is maybe like a half step above uh, Gasol all around. Um, so if they if the Raptors were to bring Serge Ibaka back, that would be that would be awesome. But at the same time, um, I mean Serge Ibaka can't play forty eight minutes <laughs> for them. Yeah, at the center spot. So not having both of them at any given point would, would be a huge loss for them. And then, of course, Fred Van Vliet. Oh, my gosh, I can't talk. Fred <laughs> Van Vliet. Um, He's he already just came out this week saying that, uh, saying essentially like, well, I have my championship. Now it's time to secure that bag. So I would be a little more nervous if I were a Raptors fan about maybe losing him to the New York Knicks. If they don't get involved in a Russell Westbrook trade, which we'll touch on later, or oh, yeah. <laughs> or uh, if he, uh, the I mean the Pistons too, could uh, could really price out a lot of teams who are interested in getting getting big names because they're about. I don't know what's I mean, up. I with know the... I know Bucks fans really rag on on Pistons fans, um, but uh, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what's their status right now. If they're rebuilding or they're just competing for a playoff spot next season, because if we're being honest, if they want to compete for a playoff spot, they they might not reach any more than the seventh seed with the current team they have constructed. I mean, you know, unless Blake Griffin manages to stave off injuries, which he has proven not being able to do. And let's say yeah. they sign Fred Van Bleet, which is what happened in our SBC mock offseason where they signed the Pistons through the bag at Fred Van Bleet. Hmm. Okay, yeah. See, I was the New York Knicks in that scenario, and we definitely oh. we definitely lost out on him. So that that's a that's a good reminder. Well you guys ended up <laughs> maybe with to foreshadow. You guys ended up with Davis Bertons. Yeah, we ended up having to pay him because we ended up losing out on like four other targets and we were just panicking because we were running out of time to feel the roster. <laughs> we, well, I think we I essentially say, ended I, up... <laughs> I will say that it was pretty funny that <laughs> I, I saw, I think it was Dave DeFore that tweeted out that said, we're doing our mock, our SBC mock offseason and the, ne- the Knicks offseason plans got leaked and oh, yeah. they threw the bag at, at a marginally good player. They offered, they Sign it to a hundred million dollars. So yeah, I think the Knicks. Are, yeah, the Knicks are. Well, uh, here's something. Here's a little nugget. I think. I think. Well, in my Orlando Magic, I was part of the Orlando Magic uh, front office, which I think we did a pretty nice job. We signed Frank Jackson and Brent Forbes to some teams and to some contracts, and we brought back Evan Fournier. I never thought I would think so much about Evan Fournier, but. but <laughs> Here we are, and we signed him. Anyway, I think it was I. I apologize in advance, but I think it was me that said that that we should try to resign Forty as much as possible because the Knicks then just throw him a lot of money and do something stupid. <laughs> Which, but <laughs> I mean, I don't think we discussed him as much as we should have. Maybe we just assumed that he would be um that he would be pretty tough to that he would have a pretty pretty substantial market out there so i don't particularly remember discussing him as much as we as we should have but i mean in hindsight i probably well yeah i probably would have rather paid evan fournier what i paid davis bertans but 
Let me oh. just say on the record, I didn't have as much control <laughs> over that Knicks front office as I maybe would have liked to if if it wasn't indicative by uh, or rather if it wasn't like abundantly clear by the fact that we were that we were starting half of the Atlanta Hawks bench last year. So <laughs> anyway, well. <laughs> all jokes aside, everybody did a great job at SBC, and we all had a great time. Uh, oh, yeah. I certainly hope to be able to go back, if possible, next summer or any other time. Really, let's. We're we're starting to veer off a little bit here. We're let's keep on schedule. My third priority is to, if possible, retain retain Crowder. I know it will be tough if we match to retain Dragic and sign Ibaka. I think that will be. Will be really tough to do so to retain Crowder. I think Crowder will probably be gone. I've already, I've already given up hope on keeping Derek Jones Jr. I think some team will like the Cavs. There's been heavy rumors that the Cavs really like him. They'll probably throw him a bunch of money, and we can. It wouldn't make sense for us to match that. So I think he'll he's good as as good as gone. I love you, Derek Jones Jr. You legitimately won that dunk contest. I don't care what anybody else says. Aaron Gordon didn't jump fully over Taco Fall. So, there you have it. That's true. He he completely pushed off of him. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's weird when people say that, oh, Aaron Gordon meant to jump over Taco Fall. No, he didn't. He... He he put his he put his crotch all over his head, and and Taco Fall had to Taco had to like put his head down in order for him to complete the dunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if we're allowed to say the term for that on this podcast or not. Yeah, well, yeah. that's why I said crotch. Yeah, he, <laughs> I don't know if that should be allowed either. <laughs> well, oh, we'll have Mike edit it out. Shout, yeah. out, shout out to Mike. Yeah, also, thanks, Mike. Yeah. Anyway, and my last, well, not my last priority, but my last wish would be to trade for a star on an expiring contract, namely Drew Holiday or Victor Oladipo. As long as it doesn't cost us Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson, for that matter. Well, getting Drew without throwing in Tyler Hero would be very tough. But, yeah. And Drew is technically not an expiring contract. He's got a player option, will certainly decline. He's got $27 million player option if I'm not mistaken next offseason so if he declines it, he will join a very very talented class of, of free agents during the during the offseason and Victor Oladipo is also an, uh, a part of that class too next season and things seem to be a little shaky over there at Indiana Indiana however he told Victor Oladipo himself told the athletic that he's committed to Indiana and for for the season, there were reports coming out this week that he would often go up to players, including the Miami Heat. He would go, "Hey, can I join? Can I, can I join y'all?" And <laughs> teammates, as expected, didn't like that very much. If I were his, his teammate, I would certainly hate player doing that because I would listen. That that sounds really bad. And then he got into a Twitter, sp- and then his sister got into a Twitter spat with Miles Turner. So things are going pretty, pretty well over there in Indiana. Shout out to Mark Chandler. I'm sure he he'll have check out his coverage over at Indy Corn Rose. He'll have you all the latest Pacers news. So I hope everything over there goes well for the sake of Mark. Really, yeah, he's got his work cut out for him over there. What a what a past 24 hours there for the Indiana Pacers. I didn't know until you just 
um, you just expanded on it there that that was that that was uh, Victor's sister. Although it makes total sense, I just glanced over at glanced over at uh, Miles Turner tweeting at someone, and I was like, I'm totally lost in this. But wow, total, t- totally, total whirlwind. Uh, just doing a whole a complete 180 within the past 24 hours for Victor Oladipo, but yeah. I guess when there's that much noise over a former all-star who's expiring, probably not great for the Indiana Pacers, but I'll give it back to you, JJ. Well, um, I'll just add one more thing to that. Paul George came out and said that he was committed to Indiana just a couple of weeks before he got traded to OKC. So, tough look for the Indiana Pacers. I would certainly, yeah. hope, I certainly hope that they... they Match to keep him. I, I think they'll listen. If I were to bet, I I think I'm I'm willing to bet money that one of one of Miles Turner or Victor Oladipo will get traded this offseason. Yeah, that's a really like that's been a huge part of my offseason in particular. Um, excuse me, when especially considering non Bucks content, like the Indiana Pacers are just full of talent but at the same time seem to be completely unsure of themselves. And basically, I, I feel like I could find find a, a trade for them with, with any team in the NBA right now and like it in one way or another because they have a ton of pieces that could fit could, that could fit all over the, the NBA on any team. But um, yeah, may, maybe just not that, that real like 1A superstar to to really lead the team yeah so yeah anyway but that's let's, pacers talk i'll give it back yeah, to let's you. move on to another to another other trade news a couple of days i think it was yesterday a couple of days ago russell westbrook reportedly wants out of the houston rockets later during the night a damning report on the houston rockets came out that the situation over there is pretty uncertain Earlier in the week, it was also reported that Harden and Westbrook are not really sure about the future of the team. And Kendrick Perkins, NBA insider Kendrick Perkins, reported that he that Harden hasn't answered the phone to the Raphael Stone or to Steven Silas, who are the new GM and head coach of the Houston Rockets. So it's something to keep an eye on. Oh, listen, I no disrespect to Perk, but I wouldn't get my my news from Kendrick Perkins, but if it turns out to be true, then that's a absolute, that's a massive W for him and a fat L for me. But I don't think that's happening over there. Anyway, Westbrook requested a trade from the Houston Rockets, and everybody, everybody was like, oh, well, NBA offseason is back. But then, as we started to settle down, we were like, who would actually trade for Russell Westbrook? And what would they give up? I posed that question on my, on my, Twitter account like a couple of minutes after the, the news broke out I was like well what are you willing to give up for him he just had a very bad postseason he can't shoot he's 32 he's a player that that relies almost exclusively on his athleticism he's not a bad player I won't say I, I think people sometimes just want to cast him as a bad player he's not he's a good player but he's a type of player that if you want him if you want to maximize his his value, you have to 
build a roster to tailor to his to his needs. And I don't think he's the type of player that you should build a roster around if you want to, if you're if you're serious about competing for a championship. Devin, what do you think? Um, I definitely echo your sentiment on Russell Westbrook there. I'm kind of working on some writing right now, kind of an ode to our evolutionary big O. Shout out uh, NBA champion with the Milwaukee Bucks, Oscar Robertson, and the only other player besides Russell to average a triple-double. Obviously, part of that is kind of um, stat hunting and but, I mean, n- nevertheless, it was pretty crazy feat for Russell to do what he's done, even just looking at the, the counting stats over pretty much his entire career. Um, I think he's... He's a Hall of Famer. He, he's clearly a Hall of Famer. And it's, it's unfortunate be- because he's someone who I'd love to see win a championship, but... I also kind of see him as more of, especially, just focus mainly on his trade value, more of, more of a, more of a floor raiser based on how much you have to really tailor around him. So when I'm looking at trades and people who are, in actuality, more likely than anyone else to trade for him, I look at teams like the New York, New York Knicks and the Charlotte Hornets have been reported to be linked to him as well. Um, yeah, but I mean, and yeah, it's unfortunate that he that that those are that those are the teams. Uh, no, I mean, nothing against. Wow, really walking on eggshells on this podcast, date, uh, JJ. But nothing against any franchise in particular. Hey, man, but be I'd love to see Russell on on a contending team, uh, but it's it's really tough for me to see uh, a contender that could really, uh, you know, put the pieces together. To get a, a Russell Westbrook and the only still uh, kind of maintain the continuity they had before. The only contender that I can think of that barely, just barely, by a hair, makes sense is the Clippers. Oh, Clippers, okay. And I heard that I, I read earlier today that Legion Hoops Ross reported that the Clippers and the Rockets discussed a potential trade, which is which sees the Clippers swapping Paul George. Russell Westbrook and Robert Covington and the Clippers would throw in a first round pick. I don't know how many first round picks the Clippers have left. I assume not much. And to me, that trade makes absolutely no sense to me. I think his most likely landing spot, uh, yeah, as you said, it's unfortunate, but either the Hornets or, or the Knicks and they would only make, they would, I think they would only do it for marketing purposes, I guess. You have a, for the Hornets, a superstar, because Westbrook is clearly a superstar. He's got the name recognition. He's got Corb, – Corbin said it. Corbin Ford, our good friend from SBC, he said, listen, the only thing – the only way it makes sense is if it's something, something Jordan brand. But basketball-wise, that's – the, the situation is looking pretty dire for him. And Walsh reported a couple hours ago that the market for him is slowly developing. So take that as you will. Any final thoughts on the Westbrook trade request and the Rockets as a whole before moving on, Devin? Um, hmm. Well, I guess 
One thing that I'm kind of, that I've been thinking about when, especially now that you've mentioned the Clippers, is that how how funny it would be if, if the Rockets ended up getting back essentially the trade package that they sent to the Clippers and the sign-in trade deal for Chris Paul. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> While giving back Russell Westbrook, who they who they traded uh, Chris Paul for, in addition to giving up, was it like four first-round draft picks with like, and that's including like possible pick swaps. I think it's at least four. So I don't remember would, the details of that trade. But yeah, I think I, I think I think that would be really really funny there if that's how it ended up happening. It would but, be one of the most twenty twenty things to happen in twenty twenty. Yeah, and to Russell Westbrook's credit, I do think that he is the caliber of player who could. I mean, who could definitely drag a New York Knicks or Charlotte Hornets to an eight seed next year in the Eastern Conference? But I also don't really see him moving the needle for a championship team. Um, you yeah. know, like like I don't think a team that wouldn't have got gotten out of the first or second round without Russell West, Westbrook would uh, would really improve much more by adding him. Uh, just based on fit alone, but I don't know. Maybe we can put our hard hats on over the next few days and come up with some some teams and some trade scenarios that would make more sense with uh, the Russell Westbrook fit. I but think a, I a, wouldn't put my money on it. A Russell Westbrook for Paul George trade would would greatly benefit the Houston Rockets because then you can basically move Harden back to point guard and have George play the shooting guard, and you have two. Back two backcourt backcourt scores and a guy who's a listen. People like to dunk on Paul George. He's still one of the top three in the guys on in the league, and he's still listen. A season ago, before his shoulder injury, he was putting up an MVP caliber campaign. So let's slow down on the on the Paul George hate. Yes, he played pretty. Didn't play good in, the, in these playoffs, and the Clippers massively underachieved. But I think that's enough dunking on Paul George. Well, well <laughs> people like, hey, I, I understand dunking on somebody's fun, but we have to be, we have to be real here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, I think that trade. I just I don't see that making sense for for the Clippers. Oh, and I, man, don't I, think I don't think it's necessarily that far away, but it absolutely it really doesn't. just hurts because the Rockets really have nothing else to add on for Russell Westbrook. It there. absolutely yeah. does not make any sense for the Clippers. But if I'm the Rockets, I'm I'm saying I'm telling you, absolutely we'll do it right now before you change yeah. your mind if they mm-hmm. offer me that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the Clippers, listen to be fair, the Clippers are. It's been reported that the Clippers are looking for a point guard because their lack of, of a playmaker and ball handler outside of outside of Lou Williams, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George was pretty dire because Patrick Beverly is not known to be a playmaker. He's more he's more concentrated on the defensive side of the ball. And the Clippers and listen, Kawhi has worked best with a playmaking point guard. Alongside him, as we saw with in Toronto, that long season with Kyle Lowry, and when he had Tony Parker with him back in San Antonio, that's when he's at his best. So I think 
Maybe, just maybe, the Clippers could consider it, but I think it's a bad trade for the Clippers in the end, at the end of the day. Anyway, let's move on to the draft. The draft is officially happening this coming week, and yes, there are a lot of questions, a lot of rumors out there, so let's continue the 305 culture draft coverage first let's talk about the favorite draft prospects for our teams Devin be my guest yeah so on Nuck if you buck I've been going through a weekly draft analysis where uh, I essentially did um, I know I started with four mock drafts and then eventually narrowed it down to just two based off of whom I would consider to be reputable sources, took an average, and then I was like, okay, here are the players who fall within the Bucks range at the number 24 spot. And I, I know I've definitely gotten it wrong on my own podcast before on which pick the Bucks at, actually have. I know it's 24, 25, and I just looked before, and I think it's 24, but someone could someone could maybe correct me on that. Yeah, let me, Nevertheless, let me um, check it out here. Yeah. And then, if you can remind me where the Heat pick is, too, that's that's one little tidbit of we pick important eight. research that I missed. <laughs> hey, don't worry. The Heat pick a 20, and you guys pick a 20. 24. Okay, okay. Well, um, I'll run through the names that I've done. I only have one more to go for this upcoming week before the draft, um, and I'm fine with sharing my thoughts because we'll actually have a bonus analysis on this upcoming episode. Um so I'm going to list out my ranking of it, which I also haven't done yet on Nuck If You Book. I've kind of just just in passing mentioned uh, on the day that I rank a given player whether or not I'd rank him above certain players that I've already analyzed. Without further ado, this is my ranking um, from uh, whom I'd most want the Bucks to pick to whom I'd be least intrigued in. That's starting with... Tyrese Maxey, who I, at this point, very much doubt he'll be there for the Bucks, but nonetheless, he made my ranking <laughs> and is my, at my number one spot. Then I have a Desmond Bain. Oh. He is... Me too. He's a much older talent, but he, um, he can shoot and play make, and especially shooting, he's, he's an elite shooter. I think he shot... He shot above... 40%, I believe, throughout all of his college career. Yes, he did. And was even close to 45%. Um, so Desmond Bain's my number two spot. And then uh, kind of my 3A, 3B. Kind of think think of this like like uh, Seth Partnow's ranking that we were talking about before. Um, I have uh, Tyrell Terry and RJ Hampton tied... Uh, the consensus seems to believe that Tyrell Terry is would be a tier above R.J. Hampton, but um, although it's been well documented that uh, Tyrell averaged in at maybe an inch or two taller than he was originally at and weighed in at an extra 10 to 15 pounds, that extra 10 to 15 pounds really only brings him to 170, 175 pounds. So... Um, yeah, I just have some major concerns when uh, when thinking about how he's going to hold up at all on the defensive end, but 
Uh, he's he's ranked where he is despite that because he's he has clear shades of a Trey Young. Um, and then RJ Hampton clearly ranked below Tyrell, but uh, given those defensive and uh, size concerns, I would maybe I'd maybe almost want RJ more than Tyrell. Although RJ has some serious questions on the defensive end too, with his with his in- instincts, but uh, I mean he at least has the build to be able to learn whether or not he's willing to. Next, my um, 4A slash 4B, my next tier is uh, Jemias Ramsey and a Josh Green, whom I haven't fully analyzed on Nuck If You Buck yet, but I'll get into it more on my next episode. Um, those two are both more of wings with uh, 3 and D potential. Uh, Josh Green, I would say, is similar to Tyrell Terry, where uh, the bigger question for the Bucks would maybe be, is he even going to be available for us at 24? There was actually a report that came out that a Josh Green um, has been falling, um, considering where he's where he was ranked before when I was first uh, going through these mock drafts and figuring out who I'm going to analyze. But in the same report mentioning where a Josh Green could fall. They said that his, they believe his floor in terms of his draft selection would be the Milwaukee Bucks. And he's he's insane on the, on the defensive end. He really uses the, the cross... Uh, what What's the word I'm looking... I think it's called cross step, basically. Just an exceptional way to, to maneuver and be in guys' faces and be able to backpedal without... Uh, but while uh, maintaining the ability to stay in front of them. Um, and then Jemias also has probably not as as good of an on-ball defender as a Josh Green, but he has a little more, uh, a little more ability uh, creating for himself off the dribble. So similar to the, the Tyrell-RJ conundrum, I may even prefer a Jemias over a Josh Green compared to the consensus just because of the fit with the team. And like I mentioned with free agency, the Bucks should be most concerned about people who can mainly create for themselves off the, off the dribble and hopefully in that same vein create for others. Um, and then my last two, I have uh, Nico Mannion ranked above Leandro Balmero. Um, yeah, Nico Mannion, he was obviously a top-ranked uh, high school recruit. He's exceptional. He's one of the best passers in the draft for sure, and he has he has okay size for a point guard, and I'd say average athleticism. I mean, there, he definitely has some some highlights where he has put guys on a poster, but there are some. Uh, Questions on his athletic ceiling and on the defensive end as well, um, but maybe not as much as uh, Andrew Balmero, who is very much a one-way player. He has, he has potential to be really special on the offensive end, but he's he's pretty light in the shorts for his size. He's like six seven, but I believe he's under two hundred pounds. But uh, then again, he's he's pretty awesome, especially once he gets running downhill, utilizing Euro steps and uh, 
which is on brand for Leandro playing in Europe this past year. Um, but yeah, that's whom I would love the Bucks to take. Oh, quite a list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. It's as I said, that's that's about uh so far eight weeks of work for me. So. A little long-winded, but that's where I'm at with the buck slot. <laughs> well, I think well you you've done a lot more draft work than I have. I've been more focused on the off on the the professional aspect, not not as much on the draft. But I've recent like last week, I I started started to take a look into the draft. My the first draft I've ever covered, so it's really it's a really new experience for me. I picked three prospects, two of which I highlighted last week, and one who, prepping for this pod, I saw a couple mocks have seen that see him falling to our range, and if he's available, I think it will be an absolute steal. Well, based on his physical attributes, I like, I like to, I like to base more of my picks on upside and physical attributes because a. Some physical attributes, physical attributes you can't teach them. Like when you have a guy that's six foot ten, has a seven seven feet wingspan. That's that's something that uh, doesn't matter how much you teach a player. If he has those physical gifts, that's a huge advantage he has over everybody else. But what you need is the work ethic and the heat and the heat development program is second to none, as I've said before. And some players here that I really like would be interesting. Desmond Bain, I feel like he could he could come in right away and contribute. He's he's good. He's an excellent shooter. He shot forty four percent from three last season over at TCU. Mm-hmm. Jalen Smith, Jalen Smith, he is he's six ten. He's got a around a seven foot two wingspan, if I'm not mistaken. He's got a massive wingspan. He can shoot the ball, and he's he's a center. And his feet, his fit alongside Bam, would be incredible if he like becomes a player that he, that he's, that he could become with all those physical attributes. Patrick Williams, he seems more of a like a pipe dream. Some draft, some mocks have him as high as in the top ten. Some have him falling to all the way to fifteen, and what I saw one of them have falling to number twenty to the Heat, but I think. He will not be available for us right over at over there at twenty unless we trade up to get him, which I would love. He he can shoot. He shot thirty two percent. He had more turnovers than assists, but he's got the physical attributes, as I said. He he can make some. He's made some plays. He's a good team defender. Not as good on the ball as I've read some scouting reports, but he's got he's got the athleticism, and I think that he. Development program could do could, could do wonders for him, and I saw that the Heat have worked out Vernon Carey Jr., Duke center. He's falling. He's really he's well below over in the in the mock drafts. He falls almost to the end of the first round. The the mock draft that I'm looking at right now has him has the Celtics at number thirty, which was originally the Milwaukee Bucks pick taking him because the Celtics would need do need some help in the middle. We've gotta mm-hmm. we've gotta see what the Heat do at number twenty. There have been some rumblings that uh, they might be looking to trade. I don't know if they're but it's not clear whether they're looking to move up 
or down or just simply trade away for future assets. We have to see what the Heat are willing to do during this during this offseason. And frankly, we go maybe they had other they had other plans before the bubble or during the bubble when they were scouting, but since they just came off a finals run, I think their plans must have changed. Anyway, let's move on to how the top five looks like. Well, how we predict the top five will look like. I'll start. I have Anthony Edwards going number one to the Timberwolves. I don't think the Timberwolves end up trading the pick. They won't find something unless they somehow got a Bradley Beal or something like that. But it's highly unlikely that the Wizards trade Beal, by the way. There's another trade trade nugget for you guys over mm-hmm. our audience. Anyway, I have them taking Anthony Edwards. Down the line, this, if this pays off, the Nuggets will have... The Nuggets. The Timberwolves will have a quite the offensive trio for themselves. They'll have D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns. They'll, they'll outscore anyone, but they also allow a lot of points. So the defensive end will be a huge concern for them. I have the Warriors. If they... they I did the top five without the the teams making a trade because this draft and with the situation going on specifically with the pandemic and all this stuff and the and the lack of of good trades are out there. I have the Warriors taking James Wiseman. He's got a lot of potential. He's seven feet tall. And he would certainly fill the Warriors biggest need right now, which is center. They sort they sorely lack a center. Later at number three I have LaMelo Ball going going third overall in the draft to the Charlotte Hornets. His feet his fit alongside Devontae Graham would be really would be something to see. I think they will have to move on from Terry Rozier or, or move into the bench, which I don't think he'll like since he came to Charlotte to be a starter. The Chicago Bulls take Denny Avdija at number four and at number five to round it out. The, the Cleveland Cavaliers finally don't take a point guard and they take Onyeka Okungu. <laughs> Who do you have in your top five, your predicted top five? And what do you think about my top five, Devin? Well, what I think about your top five is that you must have somehow teleported and been looking over my shoulder as I was just sort of writing down my thoughts off the top of my head with what I'd be doing as you were going through your analysis. <laughs> But we have, we do have a slight difference toward the end. <laughs> um, that being said, um, so I do have, and I I agree for this exercise to be uh, the most. I mean, try to make it the most accurate. Um, it'd be tough to uh, really try to predict any trades that could happen, even though it's it's exceedingly likely compared to other drafts, with the knowledge going into it that. The ceiling on some of these players are quite limited or rather for this top three. I mean, they do. These players do have very high ceilings, but rather their floors are much deeper than the floors of top prospects and other drafts. I think that might be more of more of the indictment on this draft. But without further ado, I'll get into it. I agree with your um, I wholeheartedly agree with your top three and their fits with the teams, I think fit was the biggest factor in here considering all these players fit into what we've been saying about um 
high risk, high reward. Um, I mean, the the Timberwolves have Carl Anthony Towns and and D'Angelo Russell. Lamelo Ball is is uh, well, he's he is he is a one one of one in many ways, and yeah, and just how creative he is as a passer. But um, there are, I mean, people had similar thoughts about D'Angelo Russell, and yeah, so that's that's super redundant. And then, um, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is about as transcendent as, as a center on the office as you'll ever end. see. Um, yeah, and. James Wiseman doesn't have quite that ceiling, um, but also I feel like people have rightfully kind of given up on thoughts earlier in Cat's uh, career that, oh, well, maybe he could play the four, but yeah, sure, he definitely could play the four, but I mean, you, you when you're when you're building around a franchise cornerstone, you, you don't want to put him in a position that, that isn't... Uh, ideal for him and you'll so. bleed points because yeah if you put him against the against faster power force he's done for yeah yeah and that's i think i think he does have the the physical ability to hold up against power forwards i think it's more of the offensive load that he has to carry that takes away from that and just that that's a bigger focus for him but yeah it would not end i don't think it would end up well with him at the fourth spot, if nothing else, then he'd probably be pretty. He'd probably be pretty ticked off, and there's there's already plenty of understandable rumors. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to say this because it's not necessarily super reported on, but uh, kind of an elephant in the room. Um, once once Giannis resigns and remains with the Bucks for eternity, and oh. everyone, but especially me, lives happily ever after. Um, um, the next- pe- people think that that a Devin Booker or uh, or a Carl Anthony Towns could be could be flight risks. Yeah, I think if Giannis ends up staying or leaving, I think the next small market star they'll look at is Cat, probably. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's let's keep going. <laughs> let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then, speaking to fit, um, I have James Wiseman going too, just because. I mean, you you look at the Warriors roster, and pretty much their their one through four spots are all spoken for. Um, so it would only make sense to bring in a James Wiseman. I I wrote I wrote about this too that um, I mean he could come in and be not far off from from uh, a starting uh, starting caliber center for them right away. Um, Kevon Looney might might provide. Uh, more uh, higher IQ on the defensive on the defensive end right away compared to Wiseman, but once Yon or I almost said Giannis, once Wiseman <laughs> gets a little more experience under his belt, I feel like his his uh what am I trying to say? I guess just his uh, physicality, athleticism, size could could uh could lend him the starting position right away for the Warriors. Um, but I think, I think this is a huge pick that if I were the Warriors, I would probably just try to move it and see if you can lean in into the future while you still have these guys who won three championships in four years. Um, but... And could win more. Yeah, totally. And I, I don't want to make this too long, but something that I really 
liked the idea of um I think it might it was is someone at the ringer I don't want to say who exactly because I don't remember but pre um torn ACL for for Jonathan Isaac I think he would have been that would have made the magic a really good trade candidate for the Warriors if if they'd be interested I mean they definitely would have been interested I think in a Jonathan Isaac if they were to send out uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins because the Magic definitely need a scoring punch and they are kind of overloaded on that kind of switchy forward at that four position there. They have plenty of centers too. So just imagining Jonathan Isaac on this current Warriors roster, I think that would have really been something to move the needle for them. But obviously that's not going to happen anymore because... um, yeah, because of his ACL. But there are rumors of Aaron Gordon leaving, and in a draft like this, maybe he is worth a number two pick. But we'll see how it goes, and to not pander on possible trades that may or may not happen, I also have the Hornets selecting Lamella Ball. Um, I see them similar to, to the Pistons, although not as egregious, where they're kind of a clean slate with with the amount of current talent that they have. And they do have some prospects in a, in a Devontae Graham, uh, Malik Monk, Scary Terry. But at this point, considering the talent that they have on their roster, you're just going for the best talent available. And luckily for them, they ended up with someone who uh, very could very well be the best player in this draft, LaMelo Ball. Uh, not much else to say on that, but... Um, I mean, I think I think Denny Adiva could maybe should feel a little hurt right now that that this isn't considered more of like a four man draft, considering the the potential that he has, um, and especially what I've said about this draft being um, exceedingly high risk, high reward. That's kind of the case with with Denny as well, and kind of kind of the rap on. A lot of European talents, but in a draft like this, I think he should he should maybe be considered um, in or around the same tier as those other guys. I think the Bulls will be thrilled to have him at number four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then I also start to think with the Bulls, um, the like one true Bulls fan that that I know is pretty sold on Kobe White, and and in a draft like this um you know maybe maybe at this point there won't be a guard that'll end up you know reasonably like considering reasonable expectations at the level of of kobe white even though he did go a few drafts uh draft slots back in a recent draft, um, maybe they could go for a point guard if they fall in love with them. Yeah, and, I just and my question yeah, with Kobe, Kobe could also play the two. So my question with Kobe White would be his fit alongside Zach Levine long term. I think you would have to move yeah. Levine somewhere else, which seems likely because Levine is a fine player, but he's more of an empty calorie scorer. He would be a mm-hmm. he would be a great third option in a championship contending team. But yeah, I think. Yeah. Maybe they should give hand the reins of the offense over to Kobe White and let him run the show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and to kind of 
um, agreeing with you there and with the Bulls fans that I've that I've kind of been in touch with, I think that that maybe swinging on a guard if they were to fall in love with any of these these guys after Lamelo or Anthony Edwards, like Killian Hayes or or a, or a Tyrese Halliburton, um, may, you you could you could very well play Kobe White alongside either of them. I feel like so. I wouldn't be shocked if they were to go that route and maybe move on from a Levine, like you were saying. But then at the five spot, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers selecting Isaac Okoro. Um, and shout out Justin Matcham of Cavalier Central at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. But uh, the Cavs are another one of those teams that I really have a hard time um, making out exactly where they're going because they have they have a a real mismatch of talent um especially the front court they they have a ton of veteran experience but then in in the back court it's all it's a lot of really young uh raw talent so i think i think for them and especially in a draft where um it's a little harder to say exactly um, where the best talent is. Maybe you go; you're more likely to go for fit, and I think Isaac Okoro would fit in really well there. And I think overall in in today's NBA, kind of going along with with the Boston Celtics makeup, I think getting a, a two way uh, wing is is. Uh, is is just a real safe bet to go with moving forward. So I'm gonna def- maybe I'm gonna... Isaac Okoro doesn't drag them to the playoffs or end up being an All Star, but I mean guys like that are important, and you know maybe maybe they'll get they'll get another swing at at a real difference maker uh, in next year's draft when the talent's much more improved. I'm gonna I'm gonna defend my own Yeka draft pick really quick before before we wrap it up. I, I I selected him because Tristan Thompson might end up leaving, and the mm-hmm. Andre Drummond is probably going to opt in into his player option. They'll probably look to trade him, which seems highly unlikely for us for a player of his abilities and his contract. Well, he's an expiring, so teams might be able to talk themselves into that. But I think you could have him sit behind. Drummond for a year, or maybe, well, not start him alongside Drummond, I don't think that would work, but have him sit behind Drummond for a year, come off the bench, and then start the next season when Drummond's probably not there, and and I think he can he can be really good. I saw a quote today that he wants to be just like Bam Adebayo, which, good for you, young man, that's, that's an excellent <laughs> player to look up to. Anyway, Devin, yeah. where can we find you? Where can we find you? Well, you can find me at uh, the Hoopheads Podcast Network, obviously. I'm the host of Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast, available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and maybe other places where you get your podcasts, but um, I can't speak to that with 100% confidence, and I, I, I don't know where else people really go for podcasts these days, but check that out, and I'm also on Twitter at uh, Nuck If You Buck NBA. U is just the letter U, otherwise it's just like it sounds. And um, hey, if you want to email, <laughs> if you want to email the pod, uh, 
email inbox that I admittedly don't check often, but <laughs> I would love for people to submit mailbag questions at uh, Nuck If You Buck the Pod, you spell uh, Y O U at gmail.com. Heck, send me an email too. Hey, shoot your <laughs> questions over towards Devin if you have any bucks. If you, if you have any bugs related questions, or if you want to just ask him where you think Giannis might go, <laughs> I think he'll certainly ask, answer that question with pleasure. But I think he may move somewhere around. Um, I think he may move out to Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Oh, as opposed to uh, Milwaukee. I think he actually is now living in in another suburb. But but if anyone asks me where Giannis is on the move to, it's uh, breaking news, he's moving to a nice home in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, where I was uh, born and raised just outside of Milwaukee, and he's going to be uh, with the Bucks for the rest of his career, and that's breaking news. Oh, okay. Well, NBA Insider Devin <laughs> Sanskis for you guys. Well, thank you. already know. <laughs> thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask. Keep your distance and follow the NBA offseason. See you next week. Goodbye. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week.